Alrighty, we're back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 506. We're recording live on March the 2nd. Yes, it is now March and spring is upon us. Uh, you know, preseason baseball has begun. Life is good again. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, it's a cold day here. We, we started to get like a false start to spring and then now we're back in the 30s today. So um I'm like snuggled up, you know, but uh, yeah, it is definitely the end of the first quarter and this year's already flying by, but um, things are pretty good. How about you? Yeah, things are good too. Yeah, we had a bit of a cold snap the last two days. Um, so I think we're probably around 20 today, um, but apparently tomorrow it's going to be back up to 50 something. So I don't know. <laughs> that's just how it is it's march right it's up and down and kind of all over the place until it kind of settles in to that pattern but uh i also it, love that we always talk about the weather yeah we of course <laughs> yeah so um anyhow we've got uh, a good show for you this week four stories that we wanted to cover off and as per usual i'll let Brianna uh start us off yeah well this is a cool story to kick it off with you know last week we had discussed um, smart insoles for shoes and using those uh, for help with like dementia patients. And um, this year we're kind of shifting a little bit, but we're talking about smart clothing in general, which could be useful um, for people with disabilities. And Google has um, a system that they are, of course, Google's working on this called Jacquard. Jacquard, depending on how you want to pronounce that. Um, and it's basically striving to streamline this digital life by turning kind of ordinary things like shirts into interfaces, right? So, you know, this, this is like a garment technology. So you can kind of um, think about traditional uses, maybe that you would have like a mobile device for or a smartwatch for um, are not, you know, if those aren't available to use for whatever reason, then you've got, you know, the ability to use your shirt or, you know, the smart clothing um, that's integrated with the Jacquard uh, technology. So, you know, what I found very interesting about the story is that Google's actually partnered here with a local organization. It's called Champions Place to do some of this research. And Champions Place is a shared living facility for adults with disabilities. So, you know, maybe cerebral palsy or something like that. Um, and it's amazing. I mean, I watched the video and I was like a little bit emotional. So if you need like a pick me up or feel good story, check out Champions Place. Um, it's here in Metro Atlanta. And it's amazing. Like these, you know, these adults that are, you know, in their 30s for the first time are able to live on their own with other adults that have similar, you know, life uh challenges as they do and so you know they're they're turning their light switches off and on with you know the the normal integrations but also thinking about how they can maybe ask for directions or you know maybe just pushing a button on the side of your watch to ask a question or on your mobile device is not as easy for everyone um you know so like in the beginning of things when you started thinking about wearable technology wearable clothing you know beyond watches rings necklaces the usual suspects it was more about probably like athleticism and training and reading your body heat and things of that nature. But I love that we're shifting to how do we help people more and how do we make people's lives better um, of a focus. And I, I imagine that, you know, first of all, I love the story. I think it's great. I think it's super exciting to think about wearables, wearable clothing, integrating um, to enhance someone's life and, and just sort of their, um, 
you know, the, the value of living that they have. And what I also imagine is like, this is, we're just kind of dipping our toe in the water here with wearable solutions. And I imagine that at some point we'll be able to have sensors that we wear that are able to detect, for example, like exposure to an airborne illness, right? Or even changes in our body to kind of alert us, you know, it, you read things about people still, you know, suffering from things like brain aneurysms and strokes and, and how like anything that could prevent or have a quick reporting can really help, um, you know, save a life. And so all of these things and being able to kind of sense those uh, before we even sense it ourselves in our own body or, you know, being able to kind of compile that data and say, this is a warning sign for X, Y, and Z faster than we can diagnose ourselves is just, you know, kind of the future of maybe where we're going. But great story. I think there's a lot to come in wearable technology beyond just, you know, the traditional watches or whatever it is that we're using. And I'm excited to hear more of these stories. Yeah, I, I'm very uh, excited by this story. And I think it, it's, um, you know, I'm always, I always start off a bit hesitant when it's Google doing things like this, because I worry about the, you know, the data play and, you know, what they're ultimately going to do with that. But I think the, you know, sort of the impetus of this project and the, the um, you know, the, the market that they're going after in terms of, you know, working with uh, the disadvantaged and, you know, um, disabled, um, you know, I, I think is is really noble. And I think it's a really, um, you know, it speaks to the sort of opportunity that we have to use technology for good, right? And we talked about the shoes last week. And, you know, here you have a technology that can be woven into, you know, sort of all kinds of different fabrics and, you know, different types of clothing. Um, and, and I think it, it, it just opens up this opportunity to do so much more. And as you were talking about, you know, sort of technology or clothing be able to sense, uh, if you will, you know, things in our environment that might be harmful to us before we can. I love that idea. I love that idea of but that early warning system type of, you know, view, right? Like, you know, when, when you, you know, like we have the earthquake warning and we have the whatever warnings and so on, you know, to be able to have that at a personal level, um, you know, whether it's air quality or, you know, whatever it is, I think those things are really interesting. And Google's, you know, like they've they've been at this type of thing for a long time. I know they've, they've been testing, you know, uh, contact lenses that, you know, you can put in your eyes that can automatically, you know, uh, check for, you know, blood sugar levels for diabetics and all kinds of other things um, that they're that they're working on. Um, so, you know, I, I, I really I'm really uh, sort of intrigued by this story. And I think that it, it really just speaks to you know, especially now when everybody's been pent up for a year in their houses, not going out anywhere, um, to think about the disadvantaged populations and how much, you know, more uh, of an impact that, you know, this pandemic has had on them. Um, but then to, to see that, you know, technology can help uh, alleviate some of that and, and kind of find a pathway out, um, you know, to make make the make their lives a little bit easier. So I love it, and the Champions Place story is great. I'm thinking, as you were mentioning that, I was like, you know, if we ever get to do Retail Logo in Atlanta again, like, you know, this would be a good story to have on stage, right? Let's bring Champions Place up with Google and Jackard, and and let, let's get them to talk about it, right? So, um, I think that'd be great. So, good story. All right, on to our second story, not as cool, but definitely um, a, a major growth area in retail these days is the whole idea of contactless checkout. 
And obviously Amazon, you know, sort of pioneered a movement with the Amazon Go technology in their stores and so on. And it spawned this kind of wave of technology startups that are trying to build similar types of technologies and doing deals to enable retailers to have that kind of, you know, um, cashierless checkout type of systems. So one of those companies is a company called Standard Cognition. We've talked about these guys before, but they've just announced a fresh uh, set of funding. They've raised $150 million. It's a Series C led by SoftBank, uh, their Vision Fund 2, uh, and including other uh, investments from CRV, EQT Ventures, and TI Platform Management, as well as SK Networks. So, uh, you know, that's a, a big cash injection. These guys are growing by leaps and bounds. They've announced deals with uh, Alimentation Couchetard, which is a Canadian company up here that owns uh, a lot of uh, convenience stores. Um, um, they also have the brand Circle K, uh, which is very well known. Uh, Compass Group, which does a lot of um, restaurants, cafeteria type of things in, in office towers uh, and you know university campuses and things like that. Uh, so they're doing a lot of work in this, this space. Uh, their goal is uh, to have 50,000 stores in the next five years, you know, sort of activated with this type of uh, cashierless uh, checkout type of environment. Um, you know, and this, this capital will go a long way to kind of help power that. Um, and then sort of complementary to this story is one of their competitors, iFi, uh, which is AIFI, um, is, uh, is also doing, uh, you know, massive growth right now. So this whole space is really just going crazy. They've teamed up with a company called Wonder Mart, um, and they're going after uh, a lot of the European market. Um, they're planning to roll out something like a thousand locations with the iFi technology, um, you know, and Wonder Mart together alone uh, over the next year. Um, so, you know, this whole industry uh, around contactless, I think, is, is growing. And I think it makes sense, too, because, you know, the pandemic has taught us, you know, the value of touch free. Right. Uh, you know, and being able to kind of just take the things that we need put them in our cart, walk out, not having to have everything scanned or touched by, you know, a cashier or all of that. Uh, the more, the you know, the, the more you can eliminate those touch points, the better, right? And I think these types of technologies simplify that process, make it easier, um, you know, and, and I think uh, we're going to see a ton of this. I, I Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, every retailer in the next, you know, 10 years, you know, didn't have this type of thing Im implemented in North America, at least. So... Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations, obviously, to them for raising that, you know, massive amount of money. But I, I agree with you. I think this is the way of the future. And, um, you know, I'm curious, like when you go to a store that offers self-checkout or regular checkout, what do you usually choose? Um, I, I'm old school. So I was, I would say up until this year, I was almost exclusively choosing to go to the real checkout uh, with the person. This in the last year, I'm going to say 70% of the time I've gone to the self checkout now. Um, and, and, and increasingly I'm doing that as I get more, just more comfortable, more used to it. Um, yeah. I agree. So I would say that more than like I, nine times out of 10 is probably an understatement that I use, for example, like target self checkout. Um, not only because I, I 
typically use like my target wallet scanning app so I can kind of scan as I go and just do it at the same time. And it, and also because if I ever have my kids with me, then they like to kind of scan stuff. And so it's like a game for them. But I like this also because I think that there's the ability for a loyalty play. So I think about how much work I have to do like from, I mean, not that much work, but comparably, right? How much work do you have to do? For example, like if you use a target loyalty app and you scan to see if there's a discount or a coupon that you can save in your target wallet, you have to scan everything you put in your cart. And anybody who shops at Target knows that ends up being a lot of stuff every single time, even if you went in for toothpaste. Mm -hmm. So like you, <laughs> you know, you're scanning every Everything, and then you're scanning it again when you go check out. So it's like duplicative effort. And I think that, you know, autonomous checking out or having everything in a cart and just kind of walking out with that measurement or, you know, that capability, there's a lot of um, ability for loyalty as well as for data and measurement, because a lot of times anything that you integrate, um, you know, you think about the I'm trying to remember the name of the uh, Ibotta, you know, you have to scan a receipt, yeah. there's extra effort. So I think that from a loyalty or a data measurement, um, even for like CPG, the opportunities here to be able to better measure, um, you know, inventory needs or uh, advertising efficacy is, is a great tool that can be integrated into that as well. Agreed. I, and I, I think, yeah, the more digital you can go, the more you know, like the sort of the, the purchase data, like all that stuff that's kind of sort of pulled through on this, um, the more insights you have, right, into what's going on in, in your operation. So I, so I think there's a lot of benefits to, you know, implementing these kinds of technologies, you know, the loyalty piece just being one of those, right? And, but uh, yeah, I, I, I like it. I, I think, I think it's, you know, we're, you know, we're going to see a ton of this, right? It, it's, it's not, this isn't going away. This isn't a trend or, you know, a fad. This is, this is here to stay. And I think you're going to see a ton of retailers deploy this type of contactless checkout. Yep. Um, okay. So let's move to out of home now and not even digital out of home, but there's a company called Revolution 360 and they are trying to reinvent the street poster industry in essence. So they're, they're launching a new product or platform called 360 Intelligence. And it's using data in a way that we're very familiar with, right? But in a new way for the gorilla, po the gorilla poster sector um, or the out of home marketplace. So, um, you know, this is basically just proprietary planning and reporting tool. It was built by a digital agency called Geronimo. And, you know, we just talked about this, a very similar story about measuring for digital out of home, you know, not that long ago, or just billboards, actually, not even the posters. So this is a very similar story. And this is just bringing, you know, street posters into this, like, level of sophistication that we have with other opportunities, whether that's billboards, digital out of home, but just, you know, giving them transparency in, um, you know, reporting and planning tools. So this would... Um, this, it, it's basically like a digital methodology, you know, where it's looking at audience profiling across different areas using, you know, leveraging that mobile location data that we see and then providing just kind of an, a reach-based panel um, by those users based on like particular products, brands, topics, and probably different times of the day as well that they're in those areas. Um, so, you know, they're just saying this is kind of paving the way for taking something that seems like an outdated marketing method of just street posters into 
um, you know, just more in line with traditional out of home formats or digital advertising from a measurement and data perspective and still, you know, getting that kind of cool character that street posters have. So, you know, this is interesting. Like we've seen this applied to a lot of different industries lately and in and we're just kind of now applying data and for, you know, for planning, for research, for insights, for targeting, um, you know, to very traditional methods of advertising like posters and direct mail and billboards and all of these static things. Um, but I think, you know, I think this is a smart move. It's, it's not new, but um, you know, we probably haven't talked about street posters before that are just like stagnant street posters that aren't integrated with, you know, QR codes or, you know, <laughs> uh, AR of some sort. So this is, this is a pretty interesting story. And I think, I think it's cool. It's great to be able to measure anything. So I like it. Completely agree with that. And, and I think it, it's, you know, it brings it always, when I see stories like this, it brings me back because when, when I started the LBMA, 10 years ago, 11 years ago now, like, you know, we always thought about this sort of wide cross section of media. And I always looked at this industry in particular and said, Hey, you know, like that street poster that like, you know, somebody slapped onto, you know, a lamppost, you know, is, is the truest earliest form of location-based marketing. Right. I mean, it, it's only relevant to the, the people that walk by that lamppost that see it. Right. It's, it's, it's location oriented in that sense. And, and so I've always thought about, you know, location-based media and marketing in that context. And, and so I like that, you know, somebody's actually trying to look and say, how do we apply the principles and the tools and the, and the methods that we have in, you know, more traditional out of home or even, you know, um, mobile um, and bring that into this environment as well. I think the challenge you have in this environment is that, um, you know, whereas a, a, like a, a billboard or a digital out of home screen or what have you, you know, there's sort of a limited quantity, right, of of those, and you know where those are, and you know their sort of coordinates and so on. Um, and so it's somewhat easier to kind of look at the mobile, you know, um, cell phone data and kind of measure who's been around and get counts from that uh, relative to that uh, to that board. But when you're talking about a street poster, that's a lot harder to do because there could be hundreds of these in, in an area, right? So you have to really, you know, think you know, uh, and build different algorithms in terms of how you measure, you know, what that data actually means. And so I'm interested to kind of see how they, you know, what they come up with in terms of figuring out the metrics around this, because I mean, if you've got 100 posters up in a, you know, let's say in Times Square, right, or, you know, or something like that about, you know, a concert or whatever is coming up. Um, like, are you measuring just how many people are in Times Square and assuming that, you know, some everybody or, uh, you know, a certain percentage has seen one of those posters? Or are you actually looking at, you know, much tighter uh, geofences, you know, around each poster and things like that? Do you even know where those posters are? You know, if those posters get ripped off, you know, whatever, right? I mean, like, there's, there's so many considerations when you're looking at this type of guerrilla street poster type of marketing. But I like that somebody's attempting to uh, to measure it. So like I'm really, really interested and intrigued to kind of see where this goes and what it looks like. And, you know, would love to hear from uh, the folks at uh, at uh, Geronimo about it as well. So that's super cool. Uh, all right. Our final story is about a platform called Wait While, which is one word. They've raised $12 million to help retailers manage wait lines. So, um, 
you know, the one thing that we've seen, uh, certainly up here in Canada, and I'm sure you've seen down there, uh, Brianna, but, you know, this pandemic, there's um, put a lot of restrictions on capacity within retailers, like how many people are actually allowed in a store to, you know, enable proper social distancing or things like that. And so, you know, increasingly we have, you know, lineups outside of these stores, you know, with people waiting to get in uh, so they can get whatever they need. Um, and so, you know, somebody's decided to kind of figure out some technology to help retailers manage this process. Um, and they want, you know, uh, to basically see a world, uh, as they describe, where waiting in line doesn't feel like w waiting at all, is how they describe it. Um, so uh, they've raised $12 million from a venture capital firm called CRV, which, by the way, is also one of the firms that has participated in the standard cognition funding. So these guys are very active right now. Maybe if you're out looking for capital, CRV seems to be flush and uh, and funding uh, deals right now. So uh, take a look at them. But um, yeah, uh, so um, they, these guys have been working with uh, uh, brands like uh, Patagonia, Louis Vuitton, Ikea, Applebee's, and, and others um, to reshape the weight experience. Uh, they say for more than 80 million customers to date, uh, they say they've given back more than 400,000 days that would have been spent waiting in line. Um, you know, uh, so it's all about queue management. It's all about, you know, sort of, uh, you know, sort of enabling uh, an experience to happen while people wait. And it could even be like, you know, order, uh, you know, while you're in line. And then by the time you get up there, they pick up your, your products or things like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's about creating experience it's about creating efficiencies while people wait in line and you know sort of you know creating a good ultimately a good positive brand experience for the retailer and the customer yeah i like this i think this is especially now that we have shifted to where we know there's a lot of places most places have like capacity limitations um and rightfully so. I mean, I feel like maybe that's something that's not going to go away in the future just because we want to measure not only just exposure from a health perspective, but just the experience in the store. And when it's extremely crowded, it's hard to find what you need or get help. And so I think that, you know, from an expectation standpoint, when you're thinking about, especially those stores you mentioned, right, when you're thinking about like a Louis Vuitton experience, you want to be able to have, you know, <laughs> A, a really great experience to justify the price tags there. Nice. Um, you know, it's interesting, not not that long. It was a few weeks ago. We had a lot of rain here. I mean, for an extended amount of time. And there's just not a lot of places that you really want to go and be inside anywhere with your family. And so <laughs> we just like said, let's, my kids had been asking like, what's a mall? Like they've never been to a mall. And so there's a huge mall of Georgia here, not far from, you know, not too far. And so we masked up and it's like, uh, you know, it's open enough. Like you feel okay. You know, it was not going to be, a, and it wasn't too crowded, but the lines for some of the stores, you know, they had really like marked out lines, you know, six feet distancing. And I was, first of all, I was shocked that there was that many people still out um, at a mall. <laughs> I haven't been to a mall in years, but it just, you know, iterates that there is this type of, uh, you know, this is necessary, right? Like this is waiting is not going to go away. People don't like to wait. So how do you better that experience? Um, and I, and I like that somebody's thinking about that as an opportunity here. So it seems pretty cool. 
Very cool. So that's it. That's our uh, our show for this week. Uh, four stories there, a wide array of things going from, you know, wearable uh, technology and data to contactless checkout, uh, out of home industry and uh, and wait lines. Um, you've been listening uh, and watching episode number 506 of Location Weekly. We thank you for your time, everybody. Uh, please reach out if you have story ideas. If we've covered you today, uh, reach out to us. We would love to get uh, inside you know, scoop and, and more details on, on the stories we have covered. Um, and uh, yeah, we just thank everybody for listening and watching. Uh, we'll be back next week with yet another show. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,